Uh, let's stand together and read the passage. If you were here two weeks ago, you'll recognize this passage. It is exactly the same passage that we read two weeks ago. And I'm really picking up where we left off as we bring an end to this series. You are the light of the world. Shout, the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. The last verse, verse 16. In the same way, Jesus says, let your shout, good deeds, shine. Everybody say, shine, shine. Let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Lord, speak to our hearts, would you? And our minds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you. Now, if you were here a couple of weeks ago, you know that I used this uh, text. And what I encourage you to do, if you were not here a couple of weeks ago and didn't hear the message, listen to this message today, and then go home and go to our website and pull up uh, the previous message, which is entitled Dream Crazy Big and Heal. And listen to that message because these are really, that's really part one and this is part two, two sides of the same coin. You'll recall that I asked a question two weeks ago, what, would, what does Jesus expect of his followers in an era and a season in both our country and the world that's increasingly becoming more divisive, increasingly becoming more hate-filled, and increasingly inflicted and impacted I'll add today, by these natural disasters. And the question, the answer to the question is clear by this text. Jesus essentially says, here's what I expect of those of you who call yourselves my followers. I expect you to be a light. Shout light. To be a light in the world. Matter of fact, Jesus actually says, you are the light. That's an interesting thing, right? It's fascinating to me. Remember, this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. It starts in chapter 5. It goes to the end of chapter 7. It begins with Jesus sitting up on a mountain ridge, and hundreds of people are gathered around him watching. Check this out. This, the crowd is a very diverse crowd. Uh, if you read what we call the Beatitudes, the first, like, 12 verses there, you get a sense of who was there. There was rich people there. There were poor people there. There were people there who had been victimized and, uh, by, uh, uh, by unjust, uh, by, 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 treated unjustly. By the government and by religion, they were there. There were people there that were grieving out of his, because of various woundedness. They were there. Men and women and children were all there. Jesus looks at them. And as he teaches them, tacitly by their presence, they are saying, we want to be your followers. And he says to them, listen, just where they were, he says to them, you are the light of the world. Now, you got to get it. You got in order to get this, you got to know that he says in John chapter 8, verse 12, watch this. He says in John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus says, I am, meaning Jesus. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And that anyone, if you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. And so here he says, you are the light of the world. Here's his point. You, 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 just like you are, just where you are, if you're following me, you have my light. You know what it means to be a Jesus follower? To live like Jesus lived and to do what Jesus taught. Say it with me. Live like Jesus lived 
do what Jesus told. He says, if you, he says, and in that context, he says to you, you're the light. You're the light right now. So he's saying, don't wait till you graduate from college. Be the light, shine right now. Don't wait till your spouse starts walking straight. You be a light in your house and shine right now. Don't wait till you get out of the hospital and get a bill, clean bill of health. You be the light right now where you are and shine. Don't wait until you get a promotion. You be a light right now, right where you are and shine. Come on, tell the person next to you, shine, shine, shine. So when you put the two verses together, what we read, 15 and 16, you are the light of the world, a city that sits on a hill, and you add verse 16, and he says, since he says, so let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. What he's saying is, you are the light, so go shine, 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 shine. Don't hide. Ask the person next to you, how do you shine? How do you shine? Well, here's a great summary passage of, 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 of what I taught last week, uh, two weekends ago. It's, um, it's right there, chapter 5, verse 8 through 9, the message version. Listen to this. You're blessed when you get in, you, you are blessed when you get your inside world, meaning your mind and your heart, say mind and heart, put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. Watch this. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. Come on, say instead of compete and fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. And so last week, two weeks ago, I spent teaching you how to show people how to cooperate and be, build, be bridge builders, right, in this divisive season. And I told you, leave out of here and go vote. I assume all of y'all women voted. If you didn't vote, please don't complain for the next year. Just stay quiet. Just stay quiet. All right? But check what happened. Check what happened. This is what Jesus' followers do following the text. We all went voting. We voted all kinds of ways, right? And probably we were talking about it. We'd be debating and arguing. But after we left the voting polls, watch it, we trusted God to handle the rest. And we showed up at these schools, Republicans and Democrats and independent and progressives. And together, as Jesus follows, we shone, shone, shone as we helped to make a difference in these schools and 900 families. Can you celebrate that? That's what Christian, that's what churches ought to be doing. We should be bringing people together. And I told you how to do it two weeks ago, so go get the message. Everybody shout, now what? Okay, here's what I mean. I spent weeks teaching you about let's be crazy rich together, right? Um, through being generous, that's what the text, the Bible teaches, to be generous and to serve those who are in need. And then I said, dream crazy big dreams. And then we, we sent people over to these two schools and we told them, look, 
Dream crazy big dreams, things you want to do that you can't do, things you wish you could do that you can't quite resource. Figure out what those things are and then let us know and then we're going to show up and, 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 and we're going to be a blessing with no strings attached. Man, isn't it wonderful to be a blessing with no strings attached? And that's what happened. We did that. So now what? What do we do now? Well, what I'm saying now is... Uh, let's turn what we practice for a short while into a lifestyle. And three things I want to suggest. First of all, the overall points here, let's decide to live like we trust God. Tell the person next to you, come on, live like you trust God. Tell them. Live like you trust God. All right. And as a, as a church community, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna help stretch you, right, by stretching ourselves. In order to live like you trust God, you got three things got to work for you. First thing is you got to have a vision. you got to have a crazy big dream that I want to argue that is about serving and giving that is bigger than yourself and bigger than what you can accomplish. Then you do what you can do. And you trust God to do the rest. Come on, tell the person next to you, do what you can do and trust God to do the rest. Do what you can do and trust God to do the rest. Now, we want to lead the way here. So the elders here at NBCC have voted that next year we're going to expand our vision when it comes to transforming communities. That's That's the fourth pillar of our vision here. Now, here's how we're going to do it. Next, in 2019, uh, we added it up and we figured out that when you, we add what we pay the person who leads our transforming communities, which that's, that's a position we're currently trying to fill, but over the last couple of years, and add up all the stuff we do through Be Rich and all this stuff that, I, that, that we generally do to support the larger community, we, we, we give away through those means about 6 or 7% of our budget. 2019, we're going to take it over 10% of our budget. That equals over $300,000 that we're going to invest in making a difference across the bay in the name of Jesus Christ. Then, we not just want to give extravagantly. We're going to, we're going to do the same thing we practice with Be Rich. We're going to, we, want to, we want to deploy tons and tons of volunteers uh, to work with our partner organizations all across the Bay Area. Tell the person next to you, that includes me. I just figured that out. That's right. That's right. In 2019, we're going to ask you to make a commitment to serve outside of this church at least twice. Once during our Be Rich uh, campaign we do every year. And once you just pick one of our partners and pick a weekend and you and your, 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 your family go serve again. You know what that's going to mean? Come on. That's verse 16 of, of Matthew, which we just read. It's, it's, it's the verse where Jesus is saying, uh, uh, therefore, let, here, here it is. Let your what? Shine out for what? All over the bay. We want them to see Jesus followers. Come on now. Being light in the midst of darkness. You know what? Uh, shout Lifestyle. And hopefully, you know what we're trying to trigger in you? I had somebody meet me after the last gathering and said, you know what? I know someone who I just talked to a few days ago, a part of an organization that said they could use some volunteers. You know what? 
I think I'm me and I'm going to talk to my adult daughter. I think we're going to go get some hours over the next few weeks. That's the point. Right? We're, we're, we're just trying to prime the pump. If you know anything about in, in the country, you, you have these wells, you, pump, you put the water in, and we, we call it prime the pump. You put a little water in and put, 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 and before you know, the flood come out. We're just trying to get you to change your lifestyle to extravagant serving and extravagant giving because that's how Jesus lived, and that's what Jesus taught. So 10% of our budget, investing it, deploying hundreds of our volunteers across the Bay Area. Let me give you one example of how we lead like this makes a difference. Uh, This past weekend, I I, I talked with both principals. I had the same conversation. But Principal Maria at Santee uh, had an interesting response. I said to her, I said, look. We have loved what we've done with you for the last two years. But I think we can do better. And I told her the vision, what I just shared, and her eyes got extraordinarily bright. And then I said to her, but I'm not just talking about that. I think we can, I think we can take it to the next level of your, with, with your school. She said, what do you mean? I said, See, here's the deal. After we get through Christmas, during the first quarter of next year, here's what I want you to do. I want you to pull your top-tier team together, and we're going to send some of our, our leaders out who, are, who, who help to lead the, this effort at your campus. I want you all to get in a room somewhere, and I want you to pull all the lids off of your dreams. And I want you to ask and answer the question, what would it take for us to get to the next level? And I want you to be imaginative, and I want you to dream crazy big dreams, and our people are going to be there processing it with you, and then when you finish, they're going to bring all that back, and then we're going to take a look at it, we're going to pray it through, and we're going to figure out what slice we can take that's going to help move you to the next level. And when she had a chance to speak to our people after we gave her the check, tears in her eyes, she said, listen, she said, for the last couple of months, because of all that's going on in the country, I felt so, so so sad and so down. She said, but because of what you guys did today, I realized as I talked with your pastor, and she shared the conversation I just shared with you. She says, we teach our kids every day to dream, believe, and achieve. It's on their sign. She said, but I realized today that I stopped dreaming, that I have lids on my own dreams. But because of this conversation and because of your generosity of what I've seen here, I'm going to take the lids off. She says, I'm going to dream big, crazy dreams. That's what the church that follows Jesus Christ should be doing, releasing millions and thousands of crazy dreams all over the Bay Area as we take Jesus serious at what he says in verse 16. Let your good deeds shine, shine, shine as you pursue dreams bigger than what you can achieve all by yourself. You know, here's what I told him this morning, and I mean this. I want... I want us to be so intricately involved in helping to transform the bay because we just believe God can do anything with anybody. That if we suddenly cease to exist, the whole bay would cry for us. Where's NBCC? I'm talking about y'all stepping up to the next level 
as a lifestyle, being Jesus' followers. We don't just want to do it here in the Bay. We want to do it across the world. We're here in Silicon Valley for the last two years. You don't know. You may not know, but we've had a partnership with Hope Chess, and we've focused on a school called My Special Treasures in, uh, in Guatemala. Chimaltenango, Guatemala. I got it right. Hallelujah. <laughs> Y'all should applaud. Give God a hand praise. I got that right. <laughs> All right. So, so for the last two years, and, and let me just tell you, there's 100 kids here. And through our community, we've partnered with each one of those kids. And we sent about $33 a month to support these kids. Let me tell you what the schools are doing. School has taken that money, and these kids are coming out of households where, for many of them, if they, they, they may not eat if they didn't go to school. But because of your generosity and your dreaming, come on now, they are now able to eat two nutritious meals every day that they make it to school. That's what you're doing. And then I want to show you this family real quickly. Here's a family uh, uh, that th th this is a sister who's raising her siblings because their parents have died. And this little fella here, uh, he's dealing with uh, a lot of kidney issues. And the school said that they almost lost him, but because of the gifts that we gave, they were able to now provide him with the medicine that he needs to buy a refrigerator so that the medicine can stay cool. That's the gifts that you, we've been given. Uh, and they're getting him set up for a kidney transplant once they can find a new home for them to live in because this is, this is not sanitary. And... Uh, tell somebody, we can do better. Tell them we can do better. Right, so we keep challenging the dream, right? We've, we want them to set up a three-year plan that, that keeps moving them towards self-sufficiency. And inside their dreams, they've been dreaming and praying about getting their own land. Well, guess what happened? A couple of months ago, just before our team got there, the guy who they've been renting for offered to sell them a piece of land. And so guess what, y'all? We're going to help them. If they buy this land, they can put up their own school. I think we might can help them a little bit. What do you think about that? And just so you don't miss the point, let's go back to the, to the, uh, to the junk, to the dump. Their parents, this is where they work. And a lot of the kids, when they get out of school, separating. Well, where's the future there, Right? Two years ago, I led a team there. We prayed for this young lady. You can't tell, but there's, there's flies flying all around us. We want to pray, yes. We believe that prayer helped to produce the new possibilities, but we want to do more than pray. We want to be a part of their answered prayers so that they can leave the junkyard and become lawyers and doctors and engineers and carpenters and politicians and preachers just like our kids have an opportunity to do right here in America. That's what Jesus followers should be doing. Let's celebrate that. Let's just celebrate that. So, so, so I know what you're asking. So pastor, what's gotten into you? Like, 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 uh, I know you like you're a Christian. You don't do marijuana, do you? <laughs> of course not. I just decided to believe the Bible. 
I just decided to take God seriously. I just decided that the world needs Christians to be better Jesus followers. That's what I've decided. And I know that the Bible says more than 2,000 times that we ought to take care of the poor and bless the widow and stand up for the oppressed. And if it says it 2,000 plus times, that must be serious. It's like my daughter. She said, Daddy, you keep telling me this is the third time you told me, Daddy. I said, yes. But the dishes are still there. <laughs> you don't get it. Like, this is serious. How will the world be different if, 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 if this church, come on now. I, I, can't, I don't have any impact on about it, But these Jesus followers would stand up and just live like Jesus lived. And like Jesus told, you are the light of the world, he says. Well, let me tell you, if you look at the Bible, it teaches two things about how God interprets love. I'll just go to, I'll give you one example. Matthew 20, verse 28. Jesus is speaking. And here's what Jesus says. For the Son of Man did not come into the world to be served, but to serve others. Everybody shout, uncommon service and to what his life as a ransom for many everybody shout uncommon generosity and you'll find that through the bible again and again uncommon service uncommon generosity and if i want to be like jesus i want somebody saying right now i wish i knew my purpose somebody else is saying i wish i wish i could find a christian that would inspire me to 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 really be more what god would have i can't find that christian and here's what i have to say to you become the christian you're looking for i say, i wish i knew my purpose start right here i'll give others i'll serve others in the name of jesus let me tell you a story it's a true it's, it's one of my favorite stories there's a company by the name of legacy venture it is a uh, venture capitalist firm now listen if i asked anybody <laughs> first word association when you think of jesus what word do you think of no one would say venture capitalist <laughs> no, you wouldn't. And yet this particular firm has four founders. They are four Christians. They asked the question one day, 19 years ago. They decided, you know, we're being generous and we're serving. How can we spark others to be generous? And so they, they, they developed this, this, uh, this, this, this firm. And this firm, over the last 19 years, has invested in some of the most uh, impactful companies that we know, Google, and Facebook, and Fitbit, and, and other companies, they've poured tons and tons of dollars in it. They're, they're the venture capitalists with startup work. As a result of their work, you know, 8,000 companies across the country has been impacted. They have one catch. Here's the catch. They ask every investor to make a verbal commitment. Give us your money. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to invest it well. It's going to create new businesses. That's going to create new jobs. You're going to get the principal back. And you're going to get the interest back. But you don't get to put it in your pocket. 
you have to give it away to a nonprofit. Can somebody say give it away? And over 20 years, they have given away $850 million to nonprofits all over the country. That's what Jesus followers can inspire. That's what they can spark. And a lot of the folk who are invested, they're not even Christians, but they know something about the spark of love that exists in all of our hearts. And from God's perspective, check it out. When God thinks of love, it basically boils down to uncommon serving and uncommon giving. That's God's language of love. And you want to get upset about all the acts of Hatred and the fires are breaking out and you want to know what can I do? Well, you know what you can do? For every one act of evil, every one natural disaster where people are being just in a sense slaughtered by fires and all that, there's something you can do. For every one act of evil, may God bless us to spark a million acts of love. May you be a part of that. Wow. Somebody shout, how? Well, we're at the end of the message. It's a good thing you asked the question. Put the last chart up. The last chart. Here's my last chart. Put it up. Here we go. All right. Some of you may remember this from, from last time, uh, a few years ago. Here's how most of us live. When we get our paycheck, we spend first, and then, you know, we go out and have a good time. Then we pay our bills if we have any left. Then we pay taxes if there's any left. And then we save, mostly because there's not anything left. We probably don't save. And then if there's anything left, we give. Most giving to the church and the nonprofits is about 1% in the Silicon Valley. But Jesus says to his followers, if you're not a Jesus follower, just listen. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. And it's righteousness. And all these other things will be added unto you. In other words, God says, take care of my business and I'll take care of your business. And so here's what I want to challenge you to do if you're committed here, if you're part of what we do here. Here's what I want to challenge you to do. I I want to challenge you to develop a lifestyle of generosity. Here's what you do. Give first. Pre-decide what percentage you're going to give. We pre-decided 10%. The Bible gives us a 10% target to look after. Some of us are giving more than 10%. How much are you giving? And move it up. Move towards 10%. Make a commitment. I'm going to give away 10%. I'm going to do it first. Or 7%. I'm going to do it first. Or 5%. I'm going to do it first. I'm going to set it up in my bank so it just goes out first. And I always say this. If, If you say, well, I don't know this church that well. No worries. Don't give to us. Give to somebody. There's enough poverty. There's enough trouble. There's enough pain. God knows you can find somebody to invest in God's work in. All right? So here you go. Give first. Save. Pre-decide how much you're going to be saving. Then pay your taxes. Then pay your bills. And then have fun on what's left. (laughs) The problem is that many of you say, man, God, if I do that, there's nothing left. I, I challenge you. Give yourself three months and start living like this. You know what? It causes you to discipline yourself. And when you get here, you'll find out that God will start blessing. That's what it means. Do what you can do. And trust God for what? 
us. Let's go change the world. Shine, shine, shine.